This is an Area Code podcast. All right, what's up, everyone? We're here to do a bonus Thanksgiving week episode of Feel for the Game. I'm going to keep this one short for you. And what we're going to do is talk some more wrestling because Nick seemed to enjoy that on our last episode. So I have a list of wrestling terms that I'm going to first at just ask Nick what he thinks that term means within wrestling. And then after he gives me a most likely very wrong answer, I'm going to explain to him what it actually is. And we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. Yeah. First of all, I appreciate that you pinned this topic on me. Um, made, made it seem like it, it's my fault that we're talking about wrestling again. Oh, it's, it's not your fault. It, it, it is to your, it is because of you. We get to talk about wrestling. I'm not blaming you like for that. anything. I am, I am praising you for coming to me with the idea and allowing me to talk for 10 to 15 minutes about professional wrestling. Yeah, no. And like part of this is I have very little knowledge of wrestling and I struggle with accepting it as an actual sport. And I struggle accepting the athletes uh, as actual athletes. It's almost like the is chess a sport conversation for me. Um, I don't know how. <laughs> Very different. First off, you can't say that wrestlers aren't athletes. When you watch what they're doing, they're doing some of the most athletic things you've ever seen. However, it is scripted. Those are two different things. <laughs> That's that's where that's where I think it discounts a lot of the. Well, no, because they're but they're but they're still doing those things. Like when that when a dude falls off a twenty foot cage through a table, he still fell off a twenty foot cage through a table. It wasn't like oh, it's scripted and therefore there was CGI and he had wires that were gonna make him land softly. Like no, that motherfucker just fell twenty feet yeah. through a table. Steph Curry can never do it. <laughs> Uh, he doesn't need to do it, man. He's <laughs> making more money than they would ever dream of. Okay. Ooh, that side note, what you just said, I'm actually curious what, how much a wrestler, like the biggest name, obviously like lower card wrestlers make nothing, but I'm actually curious what like your big name wrestlers, like your John Cena's and stuff make from WWE and how much they just rely on, uh, marketing deals and stuff right sponsorships i bet, you, I bet yeah. you i bet you there are wrestlers out there who make a, more than you would think yeah i i bet that's true i won't i won't argue yeah. that okay so i'm anyway, excited anyway. i'm excited for this so how many how many uh terms or topics did you bring bro i've got like maybe 20 but we're not we, <laughs> we probably won't get to all of them i'm just gonna kind of jump in and just grab random ones i i have them alphabetical but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going right, to kind of pick random ones. So the first one, we're going to say, what do you think a job or a jobber is in wrestling? So weird. And I'm going to go on record here and just say that this sounds sexual in nature. I know that it is not, but it seems that way. And other people that are listening are thinking it. So don't act like I'm the weird one. Everybody's thinking it. It sounds sexual. Uh, I'm going to say a job is is what it sounds like though other than the <laughs> other than it sounding sexual it it is very close to the definition of an actual job it is it is something that somebody has to go do and it's it's like a uh what do you call it in a video game it's a checkpoint it's like a sure yeah is that am i right so you're you're not you're not far off 
you're not far off. So a job when it comes to wrestling is essentially within the context of a match, a job is just you're going to go in and you're going to lose. Like this is going to be a minute long match and you're going to lose. The, the person who loses is called the jobber. So what's the fun in that? So like, like, so there are wrestlers who are just jobbers and like their entire career is you're going to come out and you're just going to get the shit kicked out of you. And it's to, and so the point of that is the person who wins, and I'm not going to say, I almost use the term that I'm going to ask you about later. What you're doing is you're giving popularity or maybe the jobber is po- kind of popular. You're giving maybe some uh, bad will towards the person who won because they just look so dominant that that's either really good because they're a good guy or it's really bad because they're a bad guy. Uh, you Sometimes those matches are also called squashes. There's, it's a squash match. Like it's just done. Interesting. Uh, so like a jobber, like the Harlem Globetrotters always play the, the generals, right? So the generals are kind of jobbers. Like it is their job to go out every night and get embarrassed and to get beat by the Harlem Globetrotters. Sure. Sure. I like that comparison. Thanks for putting it in terms that I can understand. Also, I appreciate that you didn't go back to the sexual comment because we could just let that, we can just let that die. Yeah. I, I don't like talking about sexual things. You know that about me. <laughs> All right. I think let's, yeah, let's do another one. What do you think it means to shoot in wrestling? This is so, who comes up with these terms? This makes no sense to me. I, I think it shooting in wrestling <laughs> means running really fast in one direction for some reason that I don't understand. <laughs> uh, okay. You are not even kind of close. <laughs> uh, not surprising. A shoot in wrestling is when you go off script. And so that can be, you're doing a promo, you know, you're being interviewed and you're supposed to say all these things, but maybe you actually just really hate the dude. Like in real life, you do not like the guy that you're going against. Maybe you shoot a little bit and start making fun of him in ways that wasn't necessarily scripted. Or maybe in a match. Oh, I like this one. Maybe in a match, you get really pissed off at something that like, maybe maybe a spot was called out and they didn't do it correctly and it pissed you off. Maybe that next punch you throw, maybe it actually connects and maybe that was kind of intentional. Okay. Um, so, you, so you see that a lot. The the most famous shoot for some wrestling history is called the Montreal Screwjob. And yes, it sounds sexual again. I'll, I'll give you this one. The heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, was going up against Brett the Hitman Hart. This is in like late 80s, early 90s. And Bret Hart was the champion. And he was leaving the WWE to go join WWE's rival at the time, the WCW. And as the champion, you know, they were figuring out how the match was going to go. And he refused to lose because he didn't like Shawn Michaels. They didn't get along in real life. So he refused to lose to him. So he said, what I'll do, I'm going to win this match. And then if I remember correctly, he would lose on WCW to a WWE wrestler, and that would be how the belt comes back. I don't remember exactly. But essentially, sure, he was yeah. like, I am not losing this match. Like, I, I'm not going to lose Shawn Michaels. So they had their plan all finished. Like, okay, this is how the match is going to go, et cetera, et cetera. Vince McMahon, the owner and CEO and chairman of WWE, at the time WWF, actually. Him and Shawn Michaels 
and probably the referee of the match conspired to undermine that. And in the match, this isn't necessarily a shoot in that he he never like knocked him out or anything, but in doing his finishing move, Shawn Michaels, that is using Bret Hart's finishing move, actually the Scorpion Deathlock, uh, decided that the match is over because he's he quote unquote thought he saw Bret Hart kick out or uh, tap out rather. Sure. And then like on live TV, you see Bret Hart go bananas. He's like breaking tables and monitors, and he's like putting with his finger doing WCW in front of the cameras. He spits in Vince McMahon's face. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. So. So there's there's some drama for you. I love this. I um, like shoots. What do you think a baby face is? One more thing. I just I just want to go back to the shoot okay, for a second. Okay. That is the coolest thing. And I think that should be a reality just like in life, you know? Like we should just be able to do that whenever we want in real life. And it's like okay, you get you get a, a shoot a year or something like that. It's it's all good as long as, you, as long as you don't kill anyone. Don't kill anyone. Yeah. Don't don't physically injure anyone. You're good. Nick Thompson for president. That's your platform. Everyone gets one shoot a year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the next one. What do you, what do you think it means to to uh, be a baby face? Oh, this is easy. You, I mean, it's it is what it is. You just you're you you have a. It's like I'm going to throw some wrestling knowledge in to to even explain this one. It's Rey Mysterio. Okay. Like. You would have considered Rey Mysterio a babyface back in his time. Am I am I right or am I right? So you're you are correct. I need you to tell me why. Uh, be because what, like what makes what makes Rey Mysterio a babyface? That part I cannot explain. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what makes okay. me right. I I my inkling is the the literal definition of how we interpret babyface, like. The, the person literally has the face of a young, younger looking human, right? Like, okay, you lost it. You lost it. You lost it. Uh, but you are correct. Rey Mysterio for pretty much his entire career career was a, a baby face, but really all a baby face is, is the hero. He's the good guy. She's the, the, the protagonist. That's who you are supposed to be rooting for is the baby face. That's fascinating how uh, I don't understand how I was able to be both right and completely wrong and <laughs> clueless. Just what, what do you think? What do you think the uh, what do you think they call the opposite of a baby face? Um, real quick, just take a step back. Are you impressed that I knew Rey Mysterio? Dude, a little bit, but I also know you used to play the video games. So you, I know you got some knowledge <laughs> in that head of yours. Okay. Okay. Well, I just needed to. I just needed to know. You needed, for, aff- you needed some affirmation for you. Yeah, it's gonna make or break the rest of my week, so I needed to know. Uh, <laughs> the opposite of a baby face. Yeah. Well, it's obviously the antagonist, the person you're not mm-hmm. supposed to like. But what is the term? I'm gonna say the term is. Um, I'm gonna say the term is. I think the term is muscle. Muscle. No, the term for the villain or the antagonist is heel. That's weird. So you got your baby, you've got you've got your baby face, and you've got your heel. And then if you're kind of fluctuate between the two of them, you're not really sure what you are. You're a tweener. You're in between a baby face and the heel. You're a tweener. Oh, kind of like a, a you know a six seven power forward. That's exactly. also not a wing. Yeah, exactly. You get it. Yeah. Okay, I get uh, it. And, and and the difference between going with like if you go 
from baby face to heel or from heel to baby fit face, that means you turned, which is pretty straightforward, but like you can turn baby face or you usually you turn heel like a baby face does something. And now you're the bad guy. You, you've turned heel. All right. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to bring a couple worlds together here real quick. Okay. Does the term heel in professional wrestling have anything to do connected in any way to the idea of Genesis, what we see in Genesis three about uh, Jesus being bru- uh, what's what's the you're gonna have to pick up for my yeah in Genesis whenever it says uh, I will uh, you will bruise his heel but you he will crush your head yeah is there any connection there not that I know of and I've always assumed that the heel is just the opposite side of the body from the face. <laughs> Oh, okay. and so you're either you're either the face or the heel. That's how I've always interpreted it. But maybe I'm wrong. I, actually I mean, don't know the etymology there. I would have thought the opposite of the face is the butt. You know what? Maybe, but we all <laughs> we, we can call villains the butt face. That's fine. Baby face and butt face. All right. Um, let's do let's do like maybe two more. Okay. Let me. Let's see here. Let's do two more. Let's get one. Cause run over to like. Heat is when a bad thing happens. You gain heat with the crowd whenever you like punch someone in the nuts or you get disqualified or you cuss out the crowd or something and they start booing you. You've gotten heat. Going over is the opposite of that. You've gone over with the crowd. They actually, they like you now. You've done something good. They appreciate that. Yeah. Check um, out our last episode where Noah talks yeah. about how go, someone going over with the crowd changed his life as a six-year-old. There's also, there's also pop, which is when you you do something Pop and going over can kind of be similar. Like uh, recently, like Edge had his return at the Royal Rumble, and that was a pop because as soon as his music hit, the audience erupted. So they popped at the sight of Edge. Um, there's a bump, which is just like a big spot in a match that's like planned out. That would be, you know, a bump would be getting thrown off of a ladder or tossed off the cage or through a table or whatever. Like those are bumps. So they're big moments in the match that were pre planned. Uh, let's do two more that I'll ask you though. I I just wanted to get through a, a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's ask you about. Let's see here. Do you know what? Let's go stable. Do you know what a stable is in wrestling? Like uh, like um, like like where horses live. Yeah, that's the word I'm saying. <laughs> um, that's got to be like some type of uh arena setup right like that's uh a certain type of match i want to say nope. like nope. ladder you got your ladder matches you got no. your tables no. and chairs and then you got no. a stable no no stables are teams you've got two or more wrestlers who have teamed up together that is a stable so you have the hardy brothers you know, or the Hardy Boys, where it was Jeff and Matt Hardy and Lita, the Brothers of Destruction. You had Kane and Undertaker. You've got Evolution, Randy Orton, Ric Flair, Triple H, and uh, Batista. You've got the Nation of Domination. You have the Acolytes. You have uh, the Corporation. I could keep going. I won't. But those are all staples. It's just a collection of wrestlers who are teamed up in one way or the other. And those will almost always end with someone in that group turning heel oh, no. or perhaps turning babyface, But usually it's, you know, 
like for the Hardy boys to connect it to last week's episode. At one point, Matt Hardy turned heel against Jeff and like oh, cost no. him a match. Oh man. And what that does is it breaks a stable up. It gives you a natural end story uh, feud and you let them fight each other for a little bit, but it also lets them become individual competitors and it gets them out of the tag team uh, cycle. So would it be accurate to consider ourselves a stable? We are a stable. Yeah. Okay. Neither of us have turned heel or gone babyface quite yet. But, the verdict's still well, out. I would say we're tweeners. I would say that we're, we're, we are either tweeners or at the very least you are a baby face and I'm a tweener. Oh no. That 100% means that I would be turning heel against you. And that fits, I think. That makes me nervous. I don't think I'm going to sleep tonight. <laughs> All right, let's do one more. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get this one, but let's find out. I mean, have I gotten any of them? I've gotten baby face, but you kind I was of got, completely you, you were off. You're like 50% you like right on baby face and you were pretty close with job and jobber. You, you kind of got those right. Yeah, the whole sexual thing threw me off with that you nailed it you yeah. nailed it though um let's go with one more though here we go ready what do you think kayfabe is oh i don't even understand what you're saying <laughs> k I'm, let me spell it for you k-a-y-f-a-b-e kayfabe so you're asking me to tell you what i think a made-up word is about a scripted sport that i have never watched you're you're asking me to figure out what that word. Yeah, that's that, that is one hundred percent what I'm doing. Like if I put that word into a Scrabble board, like people would yell at me and tell me that and I'm then, cheating. And then you know what? You would two things would happen. They'd go, Nick, why are you playing Scrabble? And then after that, they would say, Hey, you know what? That's actually in our dictionary here. That's a good word. Congratulations, because that's seven letters. <laughs> All right, I have no idea what a kayfabe is, man. I'm gonna, I don't know. It's I can't even imagine. You want me to just tell you? You ain't got a guess? You're, you're going to have to just give this one. Give this one away. Okay. So, kayfabe in wrestling is pretty simple. Kayfabe is, essentially, it, it's the illusion that wrestling isn't scripted. Oh, I like that. Uh, so, wrestlers are almost, not so much anymore. Nowadays, kayfabe is kind of just for the cameras. You see fewer and fewer wrestlers who maintain kayfabe outside of that. Okay. There's a female wrestler. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on her name right now. I can picture her, though. She's kind of like a Southern Belle type. Uh, that's like kind of her gimmick or her character. It's like kind of a Southern aristocrat. Sure. Drawing a blank on her name. She does a good job. Like all, Almost all of her social media and interviews and everything, she still does kayfabe. But you used to see it with guys like, uh, like guys like the Undertaker. Like he used to be the Undertaker, whether you saw him out and about or interviewed by David Letterman or whomever. You know, like he was going to be the Undertaker in those moments. The Rock was going to be the Rock whenever he was being interviewed. He wasn't Dwayne Johnson. He was the Rock. He was going to talk like he was a professional wrestler. Hulk Hogan, same way. Uh, and so yeah, you don't see that as much anymore. Uh, they break down occasionally like you can find videos on YouTube of people breaking kayfabe for one reason or another. Maybe they in character like talks to the crowd and it made a kid cry and you see them kind of going over and comforting the child or something like that. Like that's not kayfabe. Like if you're a heel, then you would be like, yeah, good. I made that kid cry and you'd leave. <laughs> that's um, amazing. But yeah, like older wrestlers did it very well. Like if you ran into the Iron Sheik, at a restaurant, that motherfucker was going to talk to you like he was the Iron Sheik on Sunday Night Pay-Per-View. Yeah. 
Okay, I, I love that one a lot. That's maybe my favorite one out of all of these that you've gone over. Um, it, it feels very meta for the sport. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I, did, I have a, a serious question that we can end on, and I want you to, okay. try to, try to try to answer it for me. What do you think... So this kind of pertains to... It, it feels like an actor, right, Who's who stays in whatever character they played in a movie. What what do you think the implications are on a person's mental emotional health when they are playing along in a in a kayfabe? They're they're staying in character outside of their actual job, right? Like their job is when they go to the ring and the fans are there and they're performing, right? That's all that's all mm-hmm. a part of their job. But what do you think the implications of are of sort of walking away from your job and then still sort of holding on to that character. Do you, how do you think that impacts mental, emotional health, yeah. well-being, all well, of like, that? Well, if, if it's like they have retired, they usually would drop their kayfabe at that point and okay. just be an old dude walking around. Uh, but it depends. Some people like that. They, they love being, they love the performative aspect of it. It's like the Iron Sheik, you go to his Twitter right now, <laughs> that dude is still the Iron Sheik. Like the way he talks to people and tweets out. But like, the Rock very clearly dropped his kayfabe, but he right. will pick that back up to an extent whenever he occasionally comes back and does WWE things. Like then he is back to being The Rock, but obviously outside of that, he's just Dwayne Johnson. Um, I think it just depends. Like each person, if if that's like really what you love about wrestling is this idea of performing, then I don't know how much of an impact it would have on you. There, I'm sure there are some wrestlers who hate it and wish that their gimmick could just be that they're them. They don't have to worry about being babyface or heel. They could just be themselves. Right. But for those people, they're probably not going to have kayfabe outside of the ring, really. Like, those are going to be people that when you see at a restaurant are probably going to be like, oh, yeah, thanks for being a fan. I'll sign an article or I'll, you know, I'll, I'll sign an autograph for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it just depends. Uh, I'm more worried about, you know, what the drugs do to their mental health <laughs> than, than, yeah. than staying in character. Because, like, even that, like, if a wrestler is in public, but it's just them and they're like, family or significant other or just a couple of their friends like they don't really need to be kayfabe until a person approaches them and knows them as a wrestler right like if you're if a wait if a waiter or a waiter or waitress comes up and takes your order you don't need to be in character you're you know doing your gimmick but if a guy comes over and is like oh hey bray wyatt like i'm a big fan okay well now you've got to be bray wyatt probably instead of you know I don't know if that I don't think that's his real name, but if it is, you know, you have to be quote unquote Bray Wyatt rather than just yourself. It's fascinating. Interesting stuff. I learned a lot today. Some things that I will remember for a long time, some things that I will forget shortly You've after. Already forgotten. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> but no, this has been educational, fun, uh just all around, all around helpful. So I I learned things today. You say helpful as if this is going to be helpful for anything other than like a trivia night in two years. But hey, man, knowledge is power. Don't say that. No- knowledge, is power. knowledge is power. That's a good point. Uh, so then we hope we share knowledge and be safe for Thanksgiving. Don't have a super spreader. <laughs> and uh, hey, we're not a political podcast. It shouldn't be political, but it is. We're not a political podcast. <laughs> hey, real quick, though, just before we end, just to just to talk about what we're going to do in next episode. So people come back and listen to that. (laughs) 
Uh, next episode, Noah and I are going to build a basketball player based on uh, each of our personalities. We're going to build, take take ourselves, our, our stable, if you will, and create uh, create a single basketball player. Now, the expectation should be that this basketball player will be uh, supremely average. Uh, we we are the, if that <laughs> yeah if that the end result we we will not get to the end of the podcast and compare like end on a LeBron James type figure. Yeah. It will probably be like get ready dude, for a Scott Pollard player. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a dude that came off the bench uh and played some good minutes like once or twice in the season. So yeah, for sure. All right. That's that coming next week. It'll be it'll be fun. We gotta figure out how we're gonna do that, but it'll be good. So yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well That'll thanks for we'll see thanks you next for, week. Thanks for teaching. Yeah, Professor Kirby at your service. Again, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Be safe. Don't be dumbasses. And then you'll be alive for our next podcast instead of dead of COVID-19. Feel for the Game is an area code production. Produced and edited by Nick Thompson and Noah Kirby. Follow Feel for the Game on Instagram at Feel for the Game Pod. And to learn more about Feel for the Game and Area Code, visit areacodenetwork.com. This is an area code podcast.